Hello and welcome to Side Dish, your podcast about Longmont, all the stuff you want to know and very little that you need to know. I'm Eric Zappa. I'm Brady Stuffel. And I'm Annie Larner. Hey, welcome in everyone. How was your weekend? How are things going this week? Things are things are good. Um, the 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 wind is still a thing, and I hate it. I hate yeah. it so much. <laughs> yeah. Gosh, and my my uh, uh, phone went off and said, "Hey, there's a grass fire." And yeah, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. I know. Like it's kind of evolving now. So I'm sure by the time we drop this pod here, we'll know a little bit more information. Drop but- this pod. Drop this uh, it's like yeah, yeah it's like star wars it's like oh uh, yeah the, the pot is empty the escape pot is empty. Yeah. i couldn't possibly quick, have any drugs in it. <laughs> i would tell you a quick story it was so weird we were coming back from an errand and it was my son he was down for the weekend and then my uh, wife and i were in the car <laughs> this bald eagle comes and flies in front of my car no. and picks up a dead squirrel and, then oh, nice. <laughs> and i'm like wow bald eagles cleaning up the streets i didn't know it could happen yeah, cool. <laughs> everybody's got a pitch in that's what community is it is community cool. really that's why I, that's that's why that it's so important to america as a figure <laughs> the bald eagle Really chips in. Clean up, clean up the streets. Clean up, the clean street. up this place. I thought, you know, what a majestic bird. I mean, not only the symbol of America, but also like cleans up the streets. I mean, how to eat, is that? Willing <laughs> to eat rug kill. Also, guys, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't mention that we're dropping this pod on 420. Oh, yeah. Here we go. 420. Significant for so many people. And I had to look at the history what do we, and why what it was called 420. What do we do on uh, 420? What's that again, Eric? Yeah, that's that, that pot smoking thing, you know. So, oh, yeah. okay. You know, those kids and the reefer. Yeah. Well, yeah. we we can't have a podcast without talking about weed. It seems these days. I guess so. so. It seems like these days. Yeah. So a uh, big thing at CU, I, and I'm going to quiz you all real quickly before we get to our guest. But do you all know where it derived from? Oh, I used to. I forgot. No. Yes. It's a, okay. Do you really? Okay, Manny, go for My it. My understanding is it is the police code. No. 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 These two stoners in 1971 uh, created it outside of what is now Silicon Valley. So there were these what is, dudes. Why four twenty? Why April twentieth? It was just a code word for them smoking no, with a bunch of outcasts. No, I think it has more than that. No, I totally think there's more. No, this I got it from the LA Times, so I'm going with it. So oh, the yeah, LA that's really. Times. I don't know. You can't trust these publications anymore. Am I right? <laughs> No Am conspiracy right? theories on the podcast. No, we're not doing that. So anyway, let's. Um, let's I, I'll, I'll give it to you. It's, it's also on Wiki. Yeah, it's just saying five high school students in San Rafael, California, used the term 420 in connection with a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop. Something based on a treasure map by the grower. This is getting better. Wait, uh, it is. It's like treasure map. Grateful yeah. Dead reference, Louis Pasteur references. There are a bunch of. I'm going to finish because this is actually good. Oh okay. my gosh. This is, I, this is relevant. This is, I, I just need to apologize to my husband and all of his colleagues if they're listening to this for my failure to know the 420 references. Continue. Uh, don't worry. We'll so, okay. get closed okay. businesses in, for in a 1971. <laughs> five high school students in San Rafael, California used the, the term 420 in connection with a plan to search for an abandoned cannabis crop based on a treasure map made by the grower, calling themselves hmm. the Waldos the Waldos, because their typical hangout spot was a wall outside the school. Oh, this is great. <laughs> the five yep. students, uh, I'll, I'll forget the names, um, designated the Louis Pasteur stat, statute on the grounds of San Rafael High School as their meeting place. That's probably a typo. And 420 as their meeting time. The Waldos referred to this plan with the phrase 420 Lewis, uh, after several failed attempts to find the crop, the group eventually shortened the phrase to 420, which ultimately involved into a code word the teens <laughs> to refer to consuming 
cannabis. Oh, you know what man, I love is the Eric fact that the, so the straight laced guy got it. <laughs> you all are like, yeah, we're hip, we're dope. Yeah, absolutely, Eric. You're a, you're straight laced dude. You don't know this, man. Eric we're is hip. loading right now. Talking about big heads getting through doors. That's right. I know. We're dope. Yeah, we're hip and dope. Exactly. Not hip at all. Not dope. And okay. uh, yeah. Eric, yeah. can I, before we move on, I have yeah, to tell absolutely. one quick story from my week, which is Go for today, it. in fact, I did uh, something I've never done before today, which was bunny yoga. And I know that we've talked about goat yoga on this podcast before. Mm-hmm. So I had to just mention it. My yoga studio that I love, Full Circle Yoga, down on Main Street between 3rd and 4th. We had John, the instructor, who brought in Jean-Luc and another bunny whose name I can't remember right now. And they joined us for our <laughs> they joined us for our cool down at the end of yoga. And as you're laying there doing your floor stretches and then, of course, ending in Shavasana, the bunnies came and visited. And they said okay. hello. And they kind of hopped on you and kind of sniffed your little ear and kind of like you had to like stay as zen as you could, you know, to make the bunny come say hi. Nice. It was really cool. As really? long as you don't have to dodge any thing. any brown buckshot, then like life's pretty good. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, that one. Uh, that's I don't know. You think it's going to take over the world? Do you think? <laughs> I mean, the way bunnies do. You mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. It was definitely. Uh, it was pretty out there. I hadn't experienced that before, but it was it was very cool. I was impressed. That's kind of cool, and actually, probably a little bit more uh, a better cost per. Yeah, you know, I mean bunnies are pretty plentiful, so I mean, it's not exactly. like you got to get goats and everything. Yeah, exactly. it's cheap to make new ones. I'll just say that. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. All right, so we are proud and privileged to have Pete Aidney uh, in the house. So Pete, if you didn't know, is Mr. Money Mustache. Um, he launched uh, this work, if you will, um, when he retired in 2005 at the age of 30 by spending only a small percentage of his annual salary and consistently investing the remainder primarily in stock market index funds. Aidney lives in Longmont, Colorado. We have to get into that, like why you chose Longmont. We'll have to get into that. Um, Contends that most middle-class individuals can and should spend less money and own fewer physical possessions. Um, He argues that by doing this, they can live with increased financial freedom and happiness, reducing their environmental footprint in the process. Um, You have been featured in... Market Watch, CBS News, The New Yorker, as well as other media outlets. Uh, Pete, it's a privilege to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you, Eric. It is a pleasure to be on Side Dish for the first time. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I'll have you lean into the mic again, too. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. I'll yeah. lean in. There you go. So, um, so why can you describe a little bit about I want to get into what you're doing now. I mean, Annie was talking about the co-working space and such that you've got going on in Longmont, but about Mr. Money Mustache, can you just kind of expound a little bit on the philosophy? Yeah, so um hmm, it is a bit of a long story because I started writing this blog in 2011 and uh now it's 2022, so 11 years. Um, but the basic idea was I retired in 2005 along with wife at the time in order to have our baby. And, and it's because we wanted to be both stay at home parents. So we prepared through the, you know, the preceding number of years to save up enough money that we could just live off of the, you know, like the dividends or the rental income if you have a rental house or whatever and not really need jobs because we heard that baby raising is tough, hard work. And it turns out we were right. <laughs> so uh, that was the, the main reason behind it. And then uh, so 2005 and then six years later in 2011, 
I kept telling this story and people are like, what do you mean you're retired? Like, I'm still living paycheck to paycheck, even when no matter how much money they made, like whether it's like minimum wage or like double doctor attorney salaries, everybody is just a couple paychecks away from insolvency in the United States. And so I was like, I'm just going to write some of these ideas down and like why you don't have to spend all your money. So I thought it was really, really obvious and nobody would read it, but it actually took off. And then it became like a super fun pastime for the past 10 plus years now of, uh, yeah, like sharing these ideas. And it's grown into like now something that's called the fire movement. And there's thousands of blogs and podcasts and websites and like Reddit channels and all this other stuff. So what's um, for you? What's fire stand for? People don't oh, yeah. know. It's just funny. I should... So FIRE is an acronym that someone else came up with. I just call it early retirement, but FIRE stands for financial independence, retire early. There it is. So the FIRE movement is that basically people who are seeking, you don't really have to quit your job or retire, but it's basically <laughs> the real idea is just getting less stressed out about money by getting better at managing your money. And it's really, really mild stuff. People portray it as extreme, but really it's just being slightly less ridiculous than average. <laughs> And in our spectacularly wealthy country of the United States, it turns out that's enough to make a huge difference between like broke and like rolling in money, just a few small decisions. I remember when I spoke to you, when I first met you, you were really a proponent of bicycles and, and getting rid of the car payment and, and not owning a car and that sort of thing. Is that, is that still hold true to your philosophy? Um, I never said don't own a car. I was just saying make slightly smarter decisions. Like, so if you need a car, get a reasonable one instead of like a brand new Chevrolet Suburban financed on an eight year loan when you hardly make any money and it's sucking up all of, you know, all of your income just to pay for this truck that you're driving around empty all the time. And like, yeah, if something's close by and you have, if you're blessed with like working arms and legs, then ride your bike. Of course, like hardly any Americans ride their bikes. I'm a middle-aged man at this point, and I still ride my bike like every single day of the year for anything that's under maybe five miles. And uh, that's a big part of why I'm not sick. And it's also, you know, probably made three or $400,000 of difference in my net worth at this point, just like <laughs> driving cars less. Yeah, and so I stand corrected. So I'm, I'm sorry about that, that misstep. But uh, what... Um, what other, you know, what, what I think is really kind of interesting about it is it's a kind of a lifestyle. It's not a, you weren't like the, uh, somebody giving stock tips or something like that, as far as like right. some schmaltzy thing to like retire early. It, it was more of a life change. Um, yeah. Yeah. And so could you give like maybe our listeners some tips about like, what do you think that would be the most dramatic thing that they could do in their lives to kind of create more, if you will, financial independence or realizing that they don't need as much stuff or they could maybe retire a little earlier. Yeah. Oh, I wish I had prepared. I have like a paragraph on one of my website uh, articles. It's called zero to hero in one blog post. And it's like this really kind of opinionated punchy list of things that you could do, like stop wasting money on this and do more of this and do more of that. <laughs> but I think what it really boils down to is just being mindful of every purchase you make. Like you always think, why am I buying this thing? Is it because I really need it or want it? Or is it because I just heard about it from my friends? And then what need is it addressing in my life? And is there another way to meet that need as well? So we already covered the whole car versus bike thing, right? So like, why am I buying this car? Well, maybe it's to get to work. 
all right, is there another way to get to work? Well, maybe it's biking or maybe I live too far from work. Maybe I shouldn't have bought like my McMansion horse farm in uh, like Frederick, Colorado, if my job is in Longmont. Maybe I should just got like a place where it's two or three miles from work and it would cost me half as much and then I don't have to buy the six-wheel diesel pickup truck that cost me $100,000 a year to drive. Like little things like that uh, across every decision um, in life. And it kind of, what it works out to is about a 75% reduction in your costs if you take each decision and then break it down to like the elements of I want to maximize fun while minimizing spending but I never want to compromise the fun part so it has to be a win-win so it's like I want to see my sister my favorite sister for her birthday but I'm not you never say like no I'm not going to because I can't afford it like you still make the trip or you still see your friends or you still do your dating or your everything you just find smarter ways to do each thing. Um, it, it gets sad if you start to compromise things that you actually want. So, but luckily in the United States, it's rich enough that you really can have it all. You just make um, more thoughtful ways to meet these needs and these fun things. So uh, peace and love to everybody who's on Frederick who owns a diesel truck who's commuting <laughs> right now. So, um, <laughs> so Pete, uh, switching yep. gears, let's see, just north and on the east side, you have a kind of co-working space, if you will. And, you know, correct me if I'm incorrect there, but um, I have seen this space. I think it's really pretty darn cool what you're doing over there. Can you describe that effort too as well? Yeah, in fact, we're coming at you live from the headquarters what, what? co-working space wow. right now. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's, it could even be a, like a microcosm for this big rant that I just gave you. Uh, because like for me, I was thinking, oh, how can I have a place for friends to gather and for a bunch of parties and stuff, but, but not have to buy like a giant house to accommodate it? And the answer is, well, maybe I could buy a commercial building downtown and turn it into a business where all of us collaborate and do this stuff together. So that's what we did a number of years ago, like maybe four to five years ago. We found this crappy, horrible old building. Uh, it was listed on Craigslist, didn't even have any pictures. And it's a good thing they didn't have pictures. <laughs> and, uh, but in exchange, it was a really, really low price. And so these friends and I swooped in and worked on it, and fixed it all up, made it more useful and turned it into a co-working space. And the address is 712 Main Street. It's almost right across from the uh, Long's Peak Pub and the Carbon Salon and, you know, that big Roosevelt Park Apartments building. And we've been running it. People work here during the day, you know, just people who are remote workers or entrepreneurs. And then sometimes in the evenings we'll have events or it's open, it's open 24 hours a day. So the members can use it for whatever they want at any time. And we, we lend it for free. You know, if a member is part of a charitable thing or a church group or whatever, people use it on Sundays. And so it's just a super fun excuse to to have people gather and have a downtown place to do it. And, and we're into shameless uh, plugs. So if somebody wants to be is more interested in it, like where do they reach you or where do they reach the um, how do they get involved? Yeah, well, probably the easiest way is from the website. So if you look at my my blog website, which is MrMoneyMustache.com. And then just slash HQ because it's headquarters co-working. If people can, you know, remember that from an audio podcast, they'll find it. It gives you all the information, pictures. And then from there, there's like an email address where you can contact us. And it's shared. So there's four friends who co-own this place. And we all kind of just informally 
manage it or like don't manage it because <laughs> we're all retired. So it's very, you know, it's haphazard. Uh, you kind of have to empty the trash yourself if you're a member and like sometimes the coffee runs out or whatever. But in exchange, it's super cheap, right? It's $50, 50 odd dollars a month to be a member and like a lot less than other co-working places and it has beer and it has a gym outside, like a 24 hour Never even closed for COVID. Um, awesome. A tool library and yeah. a trailer. Oh, yeah, right. Like you can borrow tools because we have a lot of stuff here because I'm a house builder. And yeah, just a bunch of stuff. And it's generally the thing that's really neat, though, is the members are fairly special, accomplished people because it's people who have come in from the fire movement. So they're generally, you know, pretty clever and open minded and very, very generous and sharing. So that's the real reason this place exists. It's not like I need a place to silently work with headphones all day. It's more like I want to meet 60 or more super successful Longmont area people and like become friends with them and help them with their projects and vice versa. That's what I encourage. So is this a project of passion? Because at $50 a person, I mean, that doesn't seem enough to, to make oh, it financially work. Yeah, it but. Is. It's too good of a value. It should be illegal to have such a good <laughs> Uh, so, it's not just a tax write-off it's also <laughs> a passion yeah it does actually uh barely break even and in fact uh annie was getting on my case to hire a, a cleaning staff oh and yeah she's, she's made that vocal uh yeah. i can't remember who was on her off here but she said uh yeah. Yeah. like can't we clean our own stuff and so we got some she got some quotes from like a cleaning company i was like man we can't afford that it's gonna be like 25 percent of our <laughs> our revenue just going to these people like running the vacuum cleaner once a week so um anyway yeah we could, we probably should raise our prices but to answer your question eric it is a passion project you know all of us were retired for a long time and we we're like let's just make it basically an informal non-profit so we bought the building ourselves with cash and that allowed us to not have a mortgage. And we basically cover a lot of the stuff um, with our own labor or then, you know, everyone chips in. It's supposed to be a co-op. And we have like, I put a bunch of solar panels on the roof in order to like run our utilities a lot cheaper and every trick in the book to make this place run efficiently. And that's why the members, you know, if we had like about 10 more members then we would we would be so wealthy we could afford maybe even a house cleaner. <laughs> so you know what? Confess though, Pete, that she's the person who's like complaining about the dishes not in the dishwasher or oh. not unloading those or not putting them in the dishwasher or the refrigerator's dirty. Yeah, or, Pete, yeah. here's a question: Where do you stand on car cleanliness? Because I know yeah. Andy's got a strong stance on car cleanliness. What do you feel about? What do you feel about the value? Yeah, she's obsessive. Yeah. Do, do you think that if that's if that's worth it to the person, it's worth paying for? Is that one of those things that's just like? Well, they give me a hard time because I go to the car wash so much with my car, but I argue it's because I don't have a garage and I keep my car outside and it's like part of car care and maintenance, but I also really like a clean car. It's important to me. Counterpoint, I argue that um, if you have a car, it's fine. It doesn't need to be clean. Like you could vacuum it if you don't like it to be dirty and don't like leave fries in it or whatever, but (laughs) the outside is, it's a, it's an outdoor utility machine. And if, if there's dust on it, um, that's a byproduct of you having a thing that's belongs and like drives through the air where like squirrels and birds <laughs> well, and I, dust and rain and stuff exist. I'm going to argue, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Pete's going to chime in on what does this cost me per year? And I don't want to share, but I'd like to share that what it costs me per car wash is much lower than your average person. Cause I visit the car wash so much. <laughs> well, let's, let's actually go to Pete. So Pete, where yeah, do you stand? Pete. Chime in on that. Oh, Annie, this is something I never knew about you, but 
in our rich country, we can afford even such frivolous things as paying for car washes. <laughs> Although for the record, like I've, I've never paid for a car wash, but then again, I've been so privileged. Oh my God. I've always had a garden hose. Right. You know, I've always owned houses and had a garden hose. In fact, yesterday I washed both of my cars in about 30 seconds by just walking between them with the garden hose and just spraying back and forth. And yeah. Isn't it amazing how that works? Yeah, it's $10 time, a wash. Yeah. The last yeah. time the last time I went to the car wash was after one of my cars had been sitting for two years and I like couldn't see through the windshield. It was so because it was COVID. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it's fine. It's paid for it. Just I'll leave it sit there. I need to charge yeah. some battery and maybe wash it now that it's been and, I do. and the time before that was when I drove literally through paint. Uh, and there was like paint from the road got on my oh, here car. we go again. Oh, girl, I, I, we paint, story. paint. paint story. Yeah, oh, yeah. And Andy's like, oh, let's not talk about going to the car wash with this literal paint on your car that came from the road that somebody spilled that they were too inconsiderate to clean up. But I have to go and literally just dust on it. Um, those are the two times I think I've gone in recent memory. So I, okay. I think for me, those were worth it. But So this is like another great example for for Eric's question is like, okay, if Annie can afford car washes and she enjoys it, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you take the average like American financial situation, there'd be somebody who can't afford a car wash, but they still buy car washes all the time and go into debt for it, even though it's like super easy to clean your own car. And I have a shop vac and a garden hose, so my cars are always pretty clean. I'm kind of a, you know, I like to declutter, but I don't take a toothbrush and polish the inside of the air vents of my car every week. Like some people give a Q-tip. How do you, so Pete, how do you thread the needle between like, and Annie and, and Brady can give me guff about this because to me, I love the idea of hanging up a nice glass of wine and, and at a restaurant and such. And how do you thread the needle there when I could probably easily be Brady and sit in my house and, and do this? Um, Drink a lot. Yeah. And drink alone without my friend. Uh, so, what no advice friends. is there? Advice there? Is there a lesson to be learned there too, as well? Yeah, for sure. Like you just think about it. You think, okay, what am I getting out of the wine? And is it drinking it in the restaurant that I like, or is it the fact that I'm drinking with friends in a beautiful environment? And and then you scale that up and down depending on how wealthy you are, right? So, if you have millions of dollars to spare, <clears throat> it makes no difference whether you spend a hundred dollars at a restaurant or not. You know, you can do that several times a week and it still makes no difference. But if you're living on like under a hundred thousand dollars, you have to really start make making these choices. And if you're living, you know, the more you go down, like let's say it's $40,000 you're living on, you pretty much can't go to a restaurant and drink wine unless you're willing to give up a whole bunch of other stuff to do it because it's so much more expensive. You know, what is it? $10 for a glass of wine at a restaurant. It's less than $1 if you get like Boda box, you know, pretty good <laughs> wine from if you pick the right type of Boda box. So you're spending <laughs> 1,000%, 10 times more for the same experience. Um, and it's sort of like saying, well, I happen to like nice cars, so they're important to me. So I drive this $475,000 Lamborghini uh, versus like a Honda Civic or Honda Fit. Like, sure, you can say that, but you can't really say that if you can't afford it. So just, you know, I mean, and for the record, like I'll get wine in a restaurant a few times a year and I have, you know, more money than I'll ever, I will never be able to run out of money. And I still, just cause it hurts my soul to pay 10 times more for this thing. Like I'd rather give that money away to somebody who actually needs it than spend 10 times more for myself to be like, I'm drinking $10 wine or whatever. Do you, do you, do you have something that like you spend money on and it's a bit irrational? Like what's your thing? Yeah. So everybody's got a thing? thing. What's your thing? Are you washing your car in secret or? <laughs> or, I'm, I mean, he's got coffee, a garden hose. Or, I'm yeah. sure that you know, you're a neat, neat guy, and I know that you got your like gym space outdoor. You save money there, and probably you've got your your you know your space where you can hang out with people. But 
What is your like? A, do you have, have a thing guess. that you're like? This is not. This it's not rational even. Um. Well, so I'm an engineer. I train. I try to um. Like I'm kind of a compulsive optimizer, so I actually have to train myself to do less of this and make sure I'm not missing out on fun. Like now that I know I'm not going to run out of money. So I, I have to do the opposite sometimes. I'll be like, you know what? Just spend more. Spend more and do the luxury thing. It's a waste, but don't worry. You don't have to be perfect. So to, you know, like I buy a lot of tools. I always buy, like I have probably 20 different types of power saws. Like every type of little thing that you can cut, I have the saw for it. There it is. And there it is. <laughs> but they're not like the crazy German exotic power saws right. that you have to import in the $2,000 each. It's just like Ryobi's from Home Depot. So it's like one example, but the the total of all my saws is probably like $2,000, oh, yeah. which you could easily spend in, in restaurants in per quarter if you're, you know, the typical New Yorker or whatever. I thought he was really going to, I was kind of sad. I thought he'd say sports betting or something, but uh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I actually had to train myself to relax about money. And then I learned yeah. read some books and I, now I realize like if you have a bunch of money and you get everything that you want for yourself, you should train yourself to give it away because you're just going to hoard it. I read all these stories about mm. old people who die with like $10 million in the bank and they don't even have like a nice kitchen faucet. And yep. I'm realizing, yeah. okay, I do have a nice kitchen faucet. I'd have like all the stuff that I want. So I'm not that cheap, but that means I should start giving money away. So I've been doing training myself a little bit to do that over the last seven years, maybe. Great. So, Good I'm definitely not a saint. I'm a big chicken when it comes to generosity and stuff, but yeah. at least I try to encourage other people to like, so we all are like a confession group, like get more bold. So I give about five times more away than I spend on myself because my own spending is so low each year. And I've been lucky to have a lot of income recently, but it's still only, a, you know, it's still only a fraction of what I could if I was more, more bold. So that's what I kind of want everybody to do is if you have extra money, get whatever you want within reason. And then like, instead of creating a massive trust fund for your kids, just like start giving away as much as you can each year to be, you know, bold about it. And it really, it'll make you feel good. It'll make you feel better than just being like, oh yes, I added another million to the trust fund for my pampered children this year. Well, and that's better than having you buried under a ton of saws. Like you just purchased a bunch of saws and you're just buried under them. Or <laughs> yeah. I only have so much garage space. Yeah. It's just like, it's like, buy you just go buy a concrete shark full of concrete and then you're like all right what i'm going to do with this is just take all of my money and literally pile it up and just bury it in the concrete that's in the truck and then just like leave it and just you, nobody can have it it was mine <laughs> and i'm dying and like here it is like good luck getting it out it's ruined now it's ruined no. you can't have it so, so um can i mention something about the co-working space yeah. this is relevant to the saws because one of the things so i'm a member here at hq and i absolutely love it it's it's great i'll hopefully be like a lifer because it's just so it's i've met cool people and i was one of these people that came into the co-working space not knowing about financial independence and the movement and what it all meant but certainly we i had done like the gateway drug which i call the um dave ramsey it's kind of the gateway drug into fi i think but anyway i didn't know that much about it but it's so cool because i've gleaned all this information from interesting people who have a lot to you know comments about money but also there's that's so much more than like financial dependence and if you're out there and like considering maybe finding a co-working and stuff it's there's a lot going on at this that's more about more than just money. It's a great place to work. And, and there's a lot of stuff you can like, you, it's useful and good people. But I will say, 
one of the cool things about it is there's very few rules here. Like Pete's kind of like a rule-free guy. He lets people sort of lean on their own reasoning to like figure out what makes the most sense in, in any decision. But there are like two kind of like hard rules here, maybe three that my uh, friend Kyle and I have identified. I can't wait to hear what they are. <laughs> here they are. One, put clean your own dishes and put them away. Mm-hmm. That's true. Two, no dogs. No dogs here for working. And three, Ask Pete before you check out a tool from the tool library. You shall be berated if you do not. Yeah, don't steal Pete's stuff. <laughs> Which makes all the sense considering his obsession with saws and all the various tools. You got you to gotta let him know. So but now we like know what his kryptonite rules. is, though, saws. <laughs> so the way to get to Pete is to steal saws. So that's great. So. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, Pete will just, like somebody comes in and there's like the great, the great saw theft of 2022. And yeah. Pete's like, bah humbug. That's it. <laughs> no turkey for the... For the whatever the crack the Cratchit family this year, I'm yeah. done. Like you guys, you know, no more generosity. No, but, I'm hoarding my gold. So, but seriously, the 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 co-working space is so interesting because it's one of these goofy places downtown that's hard to really even know what it's all about or describe it. It's sort of this underground, like, do you know about it or you don't? Like and, we have no sign. That's yeah, there's the no sign. Yeah, you don't even no really sign. know what it's yeah. called. It's so it's so funny. It's like you know about it or you don't. But I love that there's these funky places that you can find in downtown Longmont, like that still, where mm-hmm. if you go maybe to Boulder, where places like that just these funky weird places used to exist and it kind of doesn't anymore. Boulder's gotten so corporate and just changed. And now if you want to find that kind of stuff, it's in, it's in Longmont and it's, and it's kind of cool to have this Mm -hmm. here. I have people, we have members from Boulder who come here because they're like, this has just got more of that vibe. That's kind of weird. And I don't know, I keep saying underground, but something like that. And, and not only that, sorry, I'm really just like on a soapbox right now, but the other comment I want to make is I meet people almost weekly who are moving to Longmont to come join this community who know about FI and know about Pete and some of the other co-owners here who um, have done this and and Longmont's been on their radar. And so they've come and visited and want to either move to the front range or be near Longmont and sort of join the community. And it's actually like, like they should pair up with like visit Longmont and compare stats because I seriously think the co-working space has attracted more people to like move to Longmont in the last like three years. It's crazy. Yeah, no, I think that the the co-working space is really amazing. And and uh, I, I like some of the things that you're talking about. It's 24-7. Um, it's affordable. So it's approachable. I mean, there's just a lot of great things to like about it. So, you know, I, I think we've we've seen co-working spaces come and go. But this is a really interesting, interesting notion in a kind of a funky building. I don't even remember what that building was. I've been here for many, many years. I have no idea. So. Yeah, I heard heard there's a pizza shop at one point, and I heard there was a women's clothing. I've heard a few things from some old time people. So, Pete, did you choose? Did you choose Longmont? It was like a I want to go to this place. Um, Not exactly. So I I moved from Canada. That's where I grew up. I moved to Boulder originally at like 24 years old to go work in an engineering job there. Mm And then my first house I bought was in Louisville because that was the closest to Boulder that I could afford to live, to buy a house, even back in like 19, the year 2000, I guess. Um, and noticed like even young version of Pete was like, I'm not going to get a place so far away. I have to drive to work. That was long before I even knew I was going to retire early. Uh, so anyway, Longmont was <laughs> off the radar because it's too far to yeah. listen to these crazy words. It's too far <clears throat> to commute to Boulder. It would be like a long car drive from Longmont to Boulder, even though tens of thousands of people do it every day. So once I retired, then I was eligible to move to Longmont. And it was kind of cool because houses back then used to be really cheap. This is in the year 20, 2005. 
2005. And uh, <laughs> so we were able to buy a house like within a short, short walk just on Gay Street, short mm-hmm. walk downtown and have this fun like leafy neighborhood and walk everywhere and own a house. And that was the real reason. And I was also, um, uh, had a, like a hobby house building company. That was my first post-retirement <clears throat> job uh, where I was building like new custom houses in the Prospect neighborhood of Longmont. Oh, yeah. And it was kind of a short-lived house building company because it was really, really stressful. It didn't feel like being retired at all. And of course, we started it just in time for the housing crash crisis. Mm-hmm. So like the second house my company built was like already trying to sell into that vacuum of nobody wanting houses and all the banks foreclosing on all the houses around you from the other builders. I, re- I do remember was talking to you years ago now already, you saying that you had a house in prospect and you said you're going to sell it finally. And you're like, yeah. finally, I'm going to, it's, it's all right. It's okay. You had said somebody was like on you about the grass not being, and it was about this time of year and like the grass is, you, you better, I think your story was Pete, you better get down here and, and have a look at your grass. <laughs> yeah. Salvage what's left of your grass. And I was like, yeah. Oh my God, I paid a whole bunch for that sprinkler system inside. I come down, there's like a couple of light, slightly brown blades of grass and everything's like better than any lawn I've ever had in my life. And that was like an example of the type of bullshit I used to, the type of Oh my gosh. Oh, expl- expl- well, we got to burn yeah. this entire thing. Yeah. So I, got, I have Let's a follow up question yeah. about um, Longmont. This is a bit, maybe a bit, of a hot topic given the way like how we feel about Longmont this being a Longmont podcast but you're at that point again in your life and you're saying all right now I have the opportunity to leave Louisville I'm going to retire would you pick Longmont again or where, what would you what would you be doing um yeah if I were like if I had a time machine I would I would not have moved to Longmont because I didn't I wouldn't have started the construction company and you know that was building in Longmont I wanted to be close to my you know my business that was the real impetus for moving to Longmont. So I probably would have moved somewhere totally different. Who knows where? It's hard to really revise history. But what about like now? But are if you, you said, asking, is he glad that he moved to Longmont? Is that kind of what no, you're No, 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 no. Like I'm saying oh. right right now at this moment in time, if yeah. this is when you were having your, your moment and you're saying, I'm retiring now. I'm leaving, yeah. Long, I'm leaving Louisville in 2022. What would that yeah. look like now? Yeah, probably not probably go somewhere entirely different. Now, this depends, you know, like if you're starting a family, you got to, in my opinion, I'd want to settle down for the childhood of this kid, you know, make an 18 year plan and not want to move around with them. But yeah, it's just interesting. I mean, okay, I'm going to be really candid. Um, I'm not, I love a lot of stuff about Longmont, but right now there's an easily fixed problem, which means it's not for me. And I'm actually going to move away within two years probably because of this issue. And it's just that it's such a motor head city. Like there's just monster trucks with no mufflers and Harleys with no mufflers. And there's airplanes circling all over the place. They're super, super loud, like just people practicing takeoffs and landings. And I'm kind of a noise sensitive person. And Longmont is the second most loud city I've ever been to in the entire world um, in terms of like an ambient noise pollution situation. I can't even walk outside without like noise canceling earbuds, super high end ones. Um, yeah, you have, insane. you are on Main Street, Brady and I complain and have railed about this for, yeah. for many a podcast about just, yeah. I really don't understand the, the loud Harley again, peace and love to somebody who wants a Harley. I don't, I just don't get that. That vibe has been here for decades. Yeah. And, and there's no reason for it. Like I've talked to the city council about this, the police chief, nobody really wants to do anything, but, right. and I've, I went to city council meeting and like gave a little rant about this too. in the three minutes public to be heard. But the thing that's interesting is it's 
it is illegal to have a loud vehicle. Like there's a, there's a federal statute that says you cannot modify any vehicle to be any louder than its stock, the way it comes out of the factory. And Harleys come out of the factory quiet. So every single thing you see is, that's loud is illegal. The police could easily just give tickets to these, you know, just for a couple months and then word would spread and like, oh, I don't want those $300 tickets anymore. And then we'd have a normal quiet city like every other city hmm. in the United States, like most cities don't have this noise problem. And I don't, yeah. I don't know why we don't do it because every single patio restaurant is, right. is garbage right. to try to eat outside on right. Main Street. Right. Like I never eat on a Main Street patio because right. it's like it's like sitting in the middle of Interstate 25 or like a monster <laughs> truck rally and it could be fixed. So why don't we fix it? Well, we've, 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 we've waxed poetic about this whole situation. And then they put those parklets up where they're like next to the street on Main Street. And I'm like, I, I'm not yeah. going to sit there and get my skull slammed into my head, taken off clean by like a monster <laughs> truck with like wing mirrors that stick out four feet. Oh, and yeah. then like just have my head removed. Like that's not worth the price of a burger. Like I'm yeah, not going to pay. Yeah. And then the noise and like going deaf and they or getting somebody with coal rolling and like even more than the noise, the coal rolling. Yeah. It's like you're deliberately, you deliberately modify your vehicle to like pollute the environment. Just and like it's illegal and it could easily be ticketed and fixed. I just wish, and that's why I'm ranting on yeah. side dish is like, if you, if everybody sends emails to our police chief and our city council and just, just a polite one saying, can we please enforce Hmm. Um, the existing laws don't need a new law. You don't right. need to have like a city council resolution. Just like invoice the existing laws like other cities do. We would have a 20 times better living experience. And Longmont would just be like a great place and everybody would be more polite. So let's so, do it. Ooh, Pete, one more. Um, so we're going to have a side rant. We'll just have that as an added feature now. Um, yeah. But Pete, just to get you out of <laughs> I'm here for just the to rant. get you out of this, um, <laughs> we've had you for a long time, probably longer than you're probably like, gosh, is this thing over with? Um, <laughs> no, what do you think? Like what, in addition to kind of the noise <laughs> aspect, what else do you think? Are there other things that you think Longmont needs to really succeed? Oh, um, no. If we take away that issue, I think Longmont's really, really doing well. And one of the things that's great is like we have always had excellent parks and they're really mm. well taken care of. Mm. And the St. Vrain Greenway is also really well taken care of. I really love how they clean it up. If it gets graffitied, it gets cleaned up really quickly. Kudos to whoever's managing mm. that whole greenway. It's the best thing in town. And the St. Vrain River is beautiful and creek, whatever. And I also love how they plow it. If it snows, that thing gets plowed. And even does, when the roads yeah, don't get true. plowed, because mm -hmm. I use that every single day. And it's been the foundation of my my dad job. You know, me and my son have been to the creek almost every day of his life. You know, he's 16 years old now. We've mm -hmm. been like playing in that water. Just today we were making a dam and swimming around and, you know, with our bare feet. So that stuff is great about Longmont, you know. And I also love how they're allowing redevelopment, like nice new buildings downtown and higher density stuff and the new apartments all that stuff is super great and that's what makes a city come to life is when you take away parking lots and empty land and junk and replace it with places where people can live and where they can walk and go to restaurants so you do that and you shut down the monster trucks and the race tracks and you put up some speeding traps and everything so people drive less than 100 miles an hour and you get yourself one of the best cities in the united states and as this conversation is going on twice in the last 20 seconds pete's like turned his head to look out the window because i think yeah. that there's been like a it's large so truck loud. driving by it's so loud this particular hq i mean we're across from roosevelt park and so it just reverberates off the buildings across the street and we were and first i think they also come out of downtown where you're sort of regulated at 25 and they're like i'm out i'm free and they just yeah. take off it's so true yeah. well pete i 70 miles an hour in front of this yeah, building like crazy. every single day and there's nobody <laughs> bothering to 
give tickets. Absolutely. Well, Pete, I really appreciate you taking time out of your day to, to visit with us and to be a guest on Side Dish and expound on your philosophy, not only in your co-working space philosophy, but your saw philosophy and as well as your, <laughs> your early retirement, uh, Mr. Money Mustache uh, philosophy too as well. So thanks so much for joining us. All right. Thanks, Eric. I was hoping to get to talk to your off a little more, but I guess I'll find yeah, something we, you know, Yeah, we got to talk about some other things about Longmont. So sorry. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, so thank you very much. All right. Uh, Pete Aidney, uh, who is um, with Mr. Money Mustache, joining us there and giving us not only some really cool advice about maybe saving some money on early retirement, but also talking about co-working space and also, I think, talking about Longmont, some of the cool things that we can do here in town. Now, whether you agree or disagree, you can always reach out to us at SideDishLongmont at gmail.com and let us know. Um, to that, let's see, let's pivot over to a couple of buzzes around town. And we actually did get an email from somebody who actually took us up on our offer about some of the things that Longmont needs. Uh, Brady, you'll be happy to know they said Lucky's. I'm kidding. They didn't. Uh, no. Eric, <laughs> Eric, Eric. <laughs> I miss Lucky's. <laughs> I know you do. I know you do. Um, so actually, you look this up when I'm actually talking about this, but it's a place called Snakes and Lattes. That's what this gentleman mentioned. Um, this is comes from Nicholas. Snakes and Lattes. Snakes and Lattes. It's actually a chain, but it started up in Canada. And it's actually more than just lattes and it's more than just, say, games and stuff. So it's kind of an offshoot of it. You think snakes and ladders and that sort oh, of thing. Like, okay. I, 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 my mind went to like bunny yoga. Immediately, I went to like bunny <laughs> yoga and I'm like, all right. So they got like big terrariums with like, <laughs> yes, like a I was big, thinking, like an anaconda. So I'm like, okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I was thinking it was like snakes just hanging out. It was kind of like the cat thing with the cat cafe, but only yeah, snakes. Cat cafe with snakes. <laughs> but with snakes. <laughs> okay. Yeah. So but, what is it actually? Like, what are we doing? So it's snakes and lattes. And so um, they were at Tempe, uh, Arizona, and Chicago, and Tucson. And they started out in Toronto. If anybody wants to look at it, snakesandlattes.com. It's really kind of interesting. I mean, it's like more than just a coffee house. It's we, got, you know, games, are, activities, biggest board, game bar, and restaurant, of course, North America. Are we getting one? No, no, this is what a person would, he used to live in Toronto. Nicholas used to live in Toronto and he says, this would be really cool to have here. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. So in follow-up to that, I did have a conversation this week with the downtown, Longmont Downtown Development Authority trying to breach this exact subject and follow up and see what they said. Well, it's just about what downtown needed and follow up to our oh, conversation. I was going to say that we need snakes no. or board games. Or <laughs> Not snakes and lattes. So, and she said, it was interesting. They, they actually have been conducting the city has been partnering with CU to do a study to come up with this exact thing. What is downtown missing? And they've been working with, and in any case um, they brought up, they brought up one of the big ones that's come up is entertainment. And like the lack of an entertainment venue and places for bands, but not only that, just more of these, yes, of course, like drinks and booze and food, but where can you go ax throw? Where can you, and we talked about like quarters or whatever, but you, yeah. you, you know what I mean? You well, know? I, get, I get it. And he's like, man, you know what we need though? Like specifically <laughs> ax throwing. We, we got, we, there's definitely a dearth of entertainment facilities. And I, 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 for one, cannot live another week without axe throwing. You know what I need is a car wash where I can throw an axe while I go through it. That's what I, I wanna, really need. I want to pay somebody for detailing and get my frustrations worked out That's while right. I do something. <laughs> no, you know what? I mean, yes, 
axe throwing is is like the hot topic right now but it is that remind but the, most the people boy is that, simply yeah. like space for an axe throwing-esque activity while you get your booze on or food on or whatever so it's simply. also trying to figure out what the next axe throwing activity right. would be right. yeah Maybe no good question what is know. it yeah. <laughs> exactly yeah. oh wait a minute was snakes and lattes a reference to snake and ladders? Yes, that's why I said. Shoes oh, and, shoes ladders? and ladders, or snakes there. and ladders. That is, a, that is a very loose reference. I don't no, think. No, 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 no. You don't know. So if you're in England, it's called snakes and ladders. Or if you're also, in, it's if you're just across, a lot of work for the receiver. I, I don't know. Did again, they like consumer test that? That's pretty it, bad. It, but again, it was snakes it was and lattes translates via. England to shoots and ladders. But again, it was done in Toronto first. So I don't yeah. know if they refer to shoots and ladders as snakes and Canadian ladders. and English shoots and ladders. Again, shoots. different country. I can't speak right. to Canadians. Maybe yeah. Pete can. But anyway, um, but He's maybe you know, that's anymore. where the, the reference is much more uh, relevant if you're in Canada. So all right. I, well, well okay. all this I was to gonna... say we support snakes and ladders simply because the we this this survey would validate that we need a little bit more of that entertainment type of stuff downtown. Right. Uh, yeah, I that's would say it. that's that's probably true. Um, we do have a bunch of uh, game shops in town where you can go and play those things, et cetera, et cetera. You know, look up your – there's like four of them, I think. There's there's one Like called board S- games, you mean? Yeah. I feel like some of those board game shops, shops are, are pretty heady, like like a little intimidating for your average yeah. person that just wants that's, booze that's and to play something as simple as shoots and ladders yeah. or like giant Jenga or something. I got I to gotta say, if you were to call the restaurant or the place sh- shoots, shoots and lattes in, um, now there you go. It, but, time. Uh, what I'm saying is in the United States shoots, bang, bang <laughs> and lattes might have a different shots and lattes. Well, <laughs> shoots shots. and lattes. Well, she, it's, I'm it's, just it's, abandoned this. Slide. Sh- it's not anything more than that. It's a slide. I know what I'm saying. Can I send you a game? Both of a, you. I'm going to send you both <laughs> games. It's a homophone. No. Homophone? It's, no. You mean, is it homophone? No, it's homophone. What's no, it's not. Said? That's not right. It's not, whatever. It's fine. But homophone. It's, it's fine. Well, whatever Eric said tempeh, not tempe. So we're it just kind of all messing up. All I'm saying is, is you can have a, a shooting tempe. range at a coffee bar together and call it <laughs> shoots and lattes. Yeah. Okay. So snakes and lattes, look it up, <laughs> see what you think. But it is a pretty slick concept of a yep. board game place. A lot slicker than I think, you know, like Cafe Luna used to have board games and like, you know, there are aged board games and they're just sitting around and they're decrepit and they used to have those and people just start a game of monopoly today there you go <laughs> should never and then the other purse the other nicholas also suggested like a bodega and said that sugar pine was really doing that well in the prospect area until they stopped doing it. so you know that yep. that's unfortunate but again prospect isn't here in downtown but it was kind of a cool idea definitely for yeah them. totally i would agree so I think that there's probably feedback. more market for doing something like that. Uh, I think people would find that a receptive um, plan. I'll, 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 you know, I'll echo that. I'll say, yeah, there's a lot more in the realm of board games than what I grew up being told that there was, right? Because no, it's 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 huge. Like there's so much, and there's like there's games for every level, and there's there's a lot that could go into that. So I think you it's mean a like cool social level. games, like the social party games. Well, there's just even even beyond that. There's like games that are like more advanced than Monopoly or Life or like those which, eh. And then, you know, then there's the really, like you were saying, the really heady ones, like get really deep and like super yeah. rule. And there's there's stuff at all levels there. And I think 
there's stuff for a place like that where we could really launch. And I think if you're not somebody who plays games like that, right, you might go, oh, geez, I don't want to play these dumb games. But there are other games too. There's I can't think of what it's called. It's like a Northern European word, and it, it means like sense of good feeling. And it's just like it's like a game in the sense that like it comes in a box and you you take it out and you play it. But like you just read a card and then you have a conversation about topics that like oh yeah, oh, those are silly. It's just like, but it's like okay, so, there's like all it's sorts amazing of that people stuff. make money off those things. Like well, yeah, but it's so bring up our own topics of conversation. If you look at the amazing amount of games this place has, getting back to games. Pretty amazing. And they do actually have snakes and ladders. So, you know, it's it's on brand. So there you go. Yeah. Um, let's see. Another thing, too, real quickly is I thought this was pretty neat. Whole Foods is actually offering some A1 organic compost. So A1 is the if you do a compost program here in town, if you do the compost program, it's generally where most of the organic waste goes. It's composted oh, okay. Okay. and then made into sorry, it's composted, degraded and made into compost. And so anyway, alfalfas, alfalfas, goodness. Um, whole food. You mean luckies? Yeah, oh, exactly. Oh, <laughs> referring to another weird, uh, obscure store that's gone. <laughs> um, whole Foods is offering, like, they're just giving you a, a little bit of that for free. So you can stop by there. And it's from the 18th to the 22nd. Um, anything else you, know, you all have? Because I have one more tidbit here. But Well, I was going to make, I was going to shout out to... <laughs> I'm going to mess this up. It's Pharaoh, right? You guys yeah. had those restaurateurs yeah. on yeah. Um, yeah. from Niwat. We got our Easter ham from, from those nice. guys. They were, nice. uh, they bought hams from Buckner. This was actually a tip from our friend John over there who didn't have hams from his piggies, <laughs> but he said, check out Buckner. Buckner sold hams over to Pharaoh who cured and smoked them in house. And That's then nice. they were available for pickup. And then they had a bunch of other fun Easter stuff and it was outstanding. And my house Still smells like bacon. I mean, this stuff was so, so strong. The smoked smell just to heat it up in my oven. I mean, mm-hmm. it's Wednesday. And when I go home tonight, it will still smell like that smoked ham. It was intense, but very I, good. I do enjoy ham like once or twice a year. Um, I, I, I do. Ham. Yeah, I, I do. And like, I think Kelsey never like, she didn't really like it growing up or whatever. So we never really had it. But then my, what my parents would do is my dad, who likes to deal would be like, ah, ham's on sale. It's like whatever cents a pound. And he would get this monstrous ham and then they would make it and then they would leave. And then we would, Kelsey and I would eat ham for like two weeks trying to get through it being the, you know, like, oh, I have to eat this. This animal died. And it's like, whatever. And it's, so we'd have like this huge pile of ham. And so we never lay it. I was going to eat ham on, um, basically on Easter. And I went to Target because, you know, and they were like out. There was just nothing. Everything was either overpriced or yeah, yeah it was yeah. crazy. Yeah, couldn't get you it. Gotta buy your ham early. Pleasure. Actually, we had pizza. that was at the household, so I I made pizza. So you know, Canadian bacon. Nice yeah. work. Yeah. Nice work. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, yeah. so uh, switching gears, I heard some news today that is this is y'all hot off the press. This here is unannounced. You heard it here first on Side Dish Longmont. An hour in. Kiwanis Club this summer will be putting on the fireworks show again at Fox Hill Country Club. And that's where it was last year, Fox Hill, if you remember for the first time. I, when I first heard this news, was a little sad. But after hearing a case for it, I'm kind of changing my tune. And I'd love to hear from the listeners how you feel about it being on the fairgrounds versus Fox Hill. Did you watch it last year? What was your experience getting in and out? I actually didn't watch it last year, which is crazy because I love fireworks. But um, we, sorry, I've got a little mic issue. Um, We... 
they will be doing it at Fox Hill again this year. And the word is they're doing it there because it's a little bit easier to get funding and put a bigger show on and more of the funds that are raised can go towards the actual show because of just the, you know, the challenges with it being city property and some of the red tape, if you will. No, no like shade on the city. It's just normal stuff with city things. But anyway, technically I speaking, know. county property, county, is Boulder it, County fairgrounds, not Boulder City. Well, yeah, Boulder is, County. So Boulder it, County. Well, this person was saying, kept saying city. So that's a good point. It is on county. Yeah, property. it's the county, really. But the city probably owns maybe a. They and may the, well, actually, the city regulates so much of. But anyway, know. you're dealing with municipalities there. Yeah. But in any, any case, it's yeah. coming back to Fox Hill. And this person made the argument that it's actually a better view out there for more people in Longmont. And the access in and out of the areas where you can see how, get a good view is not as bad. You know, if you commit to getting yourself to the golf course, it's speaking of, you know, getting on your bikes. So that's a great night to get on your bike and not drive through Longmont because it's such a nightmare, such an hour long or fair affair to get out, but I'd be curious, do the listeners agree is better at Fox Hill or not? But anyway, it is going back to Fox Hill this year. Wibby Brewing is going to be a big sponsor. They've got a bunch of other sponsorships already uh, lining up. So I'm excited. Plug. Yeah. Uh, Eric, you don't, you don't have to say, once, guys. No, you don't have to say plug Eric, when it's Eric is like, come on, let's hear it. What is it. What's the problem here? Fireworks? No, 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 no. Guy, Actually, fireworks. Yeah, I'm, I'm really kind of freaked out about fire right now. So the idea of fireworks just kind of freaks me out. So I hate to be the skunk at the picnic. Yeah, so that kind of was skunky. I mean, it's true. Yeah. But, you know, I'm just going to be doing rain dances between now and July. I'm off. Well, <laughs> I hope it works because we've had I what, so like, too. Yeah. two, three, four fires or fire scares or whatever this like this year already. And it's been uh-huh. it's been so sad. And it, don't let it don't I, let it out. Again, I don't want to say this in, in public, but I July fourth. I don't really love. See, that's like this is the problem. <laughs> I can tell all of this. This is my favorite holiday. I oh. love the Fourth of July. I am all in on the picnic at Roosevelt at Thompson Park. I love the picnic. I'm there. Invite all my friends. I'm all in. Annie, I don't even know why you're on this podcast anymore. I have no idea why you're on Eric, this podcast. Eric, here. Eric, you wanted <laughs> to bring in. You wanted to bring in. It's all community. Everybody comes out and has a collective party across the whole city. I it's think so the first fun. time you're on the podcast, we said that you like parades. So no, you no, love I don't parades. Like parades. Let me no, I think we kind of we actually disproved that. So fireworks, <laughs> parades, collective gatherings. We're right. over there. No, I mean I can appreciate it. I mean people love it. I get it. I, I totally get it. All of it. Uh, yeah, so I know I get it's awesome. Really corny. On really the cool. No, it's awesome. Yeah, so. Eric wants to bring in a differing opinion, and then once the opinion speaks, I was like, you know what? Get her out of here. I just can't. <laughs> I can't do this anymore. Not at all. A lot of love lost all of a sudden. Uh, real quickly, one other thought. There's a new restaurant. Um, if you remember where Twisted Noodle used to be next to Red Frog, it's now oh, yeah, the yeah, Italian yeah. Twist. I think that closed. Italian like, Twist. Yep. Yeah, just Italian last twist. week, maybe. It did, but it's the Italian Twist now that's going to be coming. Yep. And the slogan is, same twist, more pasta. Uh, okay. So Will they, yeah. will they have more pasta, though? I don't, or, you know, I, I think that seems a bit, yeah, I don't know. I, okay. I'll, I'll, I'll give him the tech because I was saying I'm internationally known because I know somebody internationally, like that's technically true. Like somebody internationally knows me. So they might just serve one more variation of pasta than Twisted Doodle did. Like, oh, well, they didn't have um, angel hair or something. We do. We have more pasta like that type of thing that's maybe like, what it is yeah, yeah. i mean really maybe it's technical. snakes and ladders but we're not sure we're just not <laughs> those so, yeah. snakes pasta 
Yeah. But um, as always, we thank um, Andy Epler for intro music. Um, We thank you all for listening. If you like us, subscribe, tell your friends, let them know about the podcast. You can find us anywhere you get your pod content. Reach out to us at sidedishlongmon at gmail.com. Send us a comment through our website or through that that, uh, email. We'd appreciate it very much. So uh, we kid because we care all the time. So thank you all for being along for the ride. Annie and Brady, I always appreciate it. And thanks again to to Pete for joining us too as well. Wherever he is. Thank Thank you you both. Thank you, Eric. (laughs) Thank you.